Hey, welcome back to Piece of Chaos. Um, trying something a little different. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Sorry about that. October, the beginning of October is uh, wildly busy in my family. <clears throat> Lots going on. So, uh, But I didn't want to miss another week here. And uh, oddly, I'm doing this in the morning, which is not typical for me. But um, we'll see how it goes. So coffee, not La Croix. And uh, a couple of topics um, that I thought might be of interest to, to chat about today. And by the way, I have some really good guests coming uh, coming up in November. I'm recording in November, so I'm really looking forward to those. And uh, I think you will like them. Um, just cool people that, you know, amazing conversations, and uh, we need more of those. So anyway, um, two things that I really wanted to, to chat about. Uh, three, maybe we'll see. Uh, one is, uh, just getting old shit that, uh, is on my mind and, uh, became stark when I had my like old man, 50 year old checkup with the doctor, got my blood work done. And, uh, I have what they call high cholesterol and, um, but it's never warranted like intervention before. But now, uh, my doctor seems to think that it warrants, uh, pharmaceutical intervention as an experiment. So, uh, for the next three months, I am going to be seeing how I feel taking a statin and joining the ranks of the daily pill people. And it, uh, it really bothers me. I don't know why. I mean, it's just, it just is. It, it's like, it shouldn't bother me because, you know, before there was pharmaceuticals, people just died sooner. And now they don't have to potentially because we have interventions that work and statins have been around for a long time. I, I, I listened to Peter Atia talk about this at length and it seemed to make sense to me. He seems to have done a lot of research and he definitely eased my mind uh, about this particular uh, statin, but um, it just sucks. <clears throat> it just sucks that uh, we have gotten to the point where where it's 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 like because I eat pretty well <laughs> for the most part, but I have kids, so there's goldfish crackers around the house. It's my fault. Everybody says don't buy them, but it's like, come on, man. You're a kid, goldfish crackers. Um, I don't know. I think I might even like them more than him. The point is, when we grew up in the 70s, that was like the 70s and 80s was like the boom of shitty processed food. Like, it it was the absolute peak of shitty food, processed food. Uh, it, I mean, TV dinners were common. Uh think of the cereal aisle explosion, um, processed cheese, like basically just everything. We grew up in the, in, in the years when that just became a thing and it all tasted so good, (laughs) you know, like bad, they really made things taste bad. It's almost like exactly like, uh, you know, like cigarettes, for example, although they don't taste good. But what I mean is like the addiction factor 
it was, it's like this engineered addiction factor that we fell victim to. And we're coming out of the fog of cigarettes and all that processed food being a tremendous detriment to our health. It just killed us really slow. You know, uh, when you're a teenager, you can, you, you, when we were teenagers, you know, you could eat all that terrible stuff and still stay healthy and, and, uh, you know, relatively like, uh, from an external perspective, I guess. Um, but we were basically just poisoning ourselves really, really slowly. And it hasn't really changed that much except you just at some point realize you need to stop eating so much of it because it's not giving you what you need from the nutrients of a food. And, uh, you know, obviously the obesity epidemic and it's just, man, which has led to like more cancer at a younger age. And it's just, uh, boy, we fucked that up, didn't we? And, uh, so just reeling from that, whole thing about food and, uh, you know, getting that sort of like real kick in the, in the butt about like, all right, the margin for error in your diet and, uh, health practices gets extremely slim, extremely quickly is basically the lesson here. And, uh, it's humbling and it sucks. And I'm hoping that, you know, some diet intervention on my own part and maintaining my exercise routine and the intervention of this statin, we can get it back under control and maybe I don't need to take the statin anymore. Uh, not that, yeah. So it could just be the hereditary version where it's like you could eat nothing but salad and this would still be the case. I don't know just years of abuse of, of food and processed food is just, this is, this is what it is. So, but it's scary because then, you know, cholesterol is what leads to arthrosclerosis and heart disease and you need your heart. Heart needs to keep going for everything. So, (laughs) but the, the horribly scary thing, but humbling and, and also, you know, wake up moment listening to Peter Atia talk about this, uh, he threw out a stat that was just like, holy shit. I think it was uh, 50% of, of men who have their first heart attack before age 54, it's fatal. Something like that. Or maybe it's 25% under 54. And then I don't remember, but it was stunning. Basically, like you think, oh, I'll get through my first heart attack and then I'll change my ways. It's like, no, most of the time, half of the time, you don't get a second chance. So, um, yeah, I'd like to stay a while. Uh, when, when I think about why every time I like run for a long distance, you know, in the midst of it, you're kind of like, what? I hate this. When it's finished, you're glad you did it. Uh, it's like, I'm not even training for anything. You know, I kind of stopped doing races. Although I did, I did the Malibu half with my buddy and a a 5k with my buddy and it was fun raising the stakes of the run a little bit, but, um, you're also just paying to take a, a a run. So unless it's for a good cause, it's not my favorite thing, but anyway, um, 
so, uh, yeah, every time I finish and in the midst of doing that, I just think, well, I guess I'm just training. I'm in training to survive long enough to be a grandparent. That's my, that's what I'm doing. So anyway, there's that. That's kind of depressing, but maybe it's inspiring. I don't know. It is what it is. I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best. I got, I'm going to control the things I can control. And whether I like it or not, this pill might work. So let's, let's do that. Yeah. So, um, so I was all worried about not doing an episode this month because it's been crazy and I didn't get one up there and it's a promise to myself. And, and obviously I appreciate any of you that listen and I respect your, your time. And, uh, you know, if you were even looking forward to it or something, which would boggle my mind, but if that was the case, sorry about that. But like, yeah, I was talking to my mom and she was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not caught up. So like, even my mom's not caught up on episodes. So I don't, nobody gives a shit. Only I'm keeping track, I think. Um, so yeah, changing the diet, taking the pill. So the other thing that's happening is, uh, baseball, man, been watching a lot of baseball, been watching the Phillies in the championship. Uh, they're now playing the Diamondbacks. The series of seven is tied two to two. The Phillies absolutely just destroyed the Diamondbacks uh, in Philadelphia. I think it was 10 to nothing. Home runs, attitude. Uh, un- they just looked unstoppable. The pitching was off. It was just unbelievable. They were dialed in. And people that don't understand baseball <clears throat> probably find it puzzling that they came then to Arizona and dropped two games in a row. Uh, in in not the, I mean, sloppy, like errors, uh, bad at-bats. Nick Castellanos is swinging at the first pitch regardless of where it is. Now I love swinging at the first pitch and the aggression that they took. That's what, that's what made them destroy the Diamondbacks in the first place. I'm not saying don't do it, but he just, they, they all just don't look the same. And that makes sense because they're not in the same environment. Uh, not that Arizona seems overly hostile or anything like that. And, and there's seems to be a lot of Phillies fans in Arizona. So, um, baseball is a very, uh, complicated game and superstitious game and, uh, ritual game for the players at that level and having to change their rituals and, and the feelings of what they're doing is a big deal. Sometimes it takes you a while to shake that off. Now I think, I do think that losing two in a row like this, uh, is going to fire them up. And I think they would really, uh, if they can take this, this third game in, in Arizona and get back to Philly, uh, I think they'll be, they'll be okay, but it's been really interesting to watch. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, some of the things they've done have just been incredible. Bryce Harper is 
arguably the most clutch hitter I've ever seen. Uh, I remember Jim Tomey would be sort of clutch. They would play the Superman music when he would come up, and, and I was actually in the stadium once when he hit a home run in a very, very big moment, and you're like, man, to come through in the biggest moments, and Harper just over and over again does it. Uh, incredible. Just incredible. So let's go, Phils. Everybody hits. It'd be fun to see him in the World Series again. Um, and uh, But just just watch the attitude and the idea. Like I, I, I was watching the game, and even when they had the lead last night, I was like, they just, they just don't – they're just not feeling it. The pitchers – I mean, it was a bullpen game. It was kind of a mess. So, yeah. So it'll be all right. I think they're going to be all right. But it was tough to watch. These last two games were really tough to watch. Um, I think Philly's a better team. But maybe those starting two pitchers that played the first two, Wheeler and Nola, are so elite that the drop-off in the rotation just gave Arizona a chance to, to come back. So I don't know. We'll see. But it's been really, really fun to watch the Phils again. And uh, I've been lucky enough to sort of be able to watch every every inning and every pitch. And, uh, man, I just remember how much I love it. Like, I really, I, I, especially defensively, like watching the infielders work. Uh, Trey Turner is super smooth. Their double plays are unbelievable. They ended that game with a... 5-4-3 double play, which is tough to pull off. It's tough to pull off. Uh, it, it's just two long throws really have to happen. So lots of things have to come together to pull off a third baseman to 5-4-3 is third baseman to second baseman to first baseman. Um, so that was really fun to watch. Um I haven't, I, I should look this up, but I wanted to get a, if, if anybody's done any kind of work, Trey Turner, the shortstop of the Phillies, his glove looks really old, which does not surprise me at all for the level he plays. I, I would love to find out the origin of that glove. Cause if you look a lot of players, a lot of these new players, they have new looking gloves. Maybe it's easier to break them in these days, or maybe they come pre-broken in. I don't know how it works, but when I was a kid, you know, gloves, you had to break them in. And when you finally broke them in and they were perfect, you never, I still have my glove from when I was an eight year old and it still feels like perfect for baseball. Uh, I got a newer glove when I started playing softball when I was older. Uh, and that one's amazing too. Um, but, uh, it takes a long time to get a glove perfect. And I remember my, uh, friend that was a shortstop, one of the best fielding shortstops I've ever seen. And he had this little tiny mitt. It was just a little bit bigger than his hand. Uh, it was amazing. And he was so good. He was so good at baseball. And so your relationship with your glove as a, as a infielder, uh, especially I feel like, uh, maybe outfield too. I don't know. I feel like infielder gloves are doing a different thing than an outfielder glove, but I could be wrong. I never played outfield. Uh, and obviously catcher's mitts very similar, but I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by gloves and, and Trey Turner's looks, especially 
old and uh, worked in. So uh, I'd love to hear the origins of that. Maybe I'll look that up. Anyway, watching a lot of baseball and uh, hoping that you have a great week. And um, yeah, this morning thing's not too bad. Not too bad. I'm in a good mood today uh, and um, hoping for you know a great weekend. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Peace of Chaos. I greatly appreciate every single one of you that listens and... Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's humbling. So thank you. Uh, watch your diet. Don't eat that processed food. Bad for you. It'll catch up with you. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Talk to you soon. Never made